Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it is great to be with you. Today, we are going to be talking about adulting. Maybe you've seen on social media, hashtag adulting, oftentimes in maybe a negative connotation of I have to do this, what a bummer, hashtag adulting. And so I wanted to offer us the definition from the Urban Dictionary of what is adulting? It is a verb. So it is to carry out one or more of the duties and responsibilities expected of fully developed individuals. Example, paying off that credit card debt, settling beef without blasting social media, etc. And so we thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about how can the contemplative spirituality help us with adulting? And disclosure here, the three of us are not in that stage of life anymore. We are um, in our 40s, so we are not in that stage of life. Um, But we companion and we are friends with people who are in that stage of life. And so hopefully we can come at it today from some people who have walked through that, but also just with empathy for those who are currently walking through this adulting season. So what are some ways that we think that contemplative spirituality can help foster adulting? Well, and I will just say, even though I am in my 40s, I feel like I just had one of these moments where I got up in the morning. So here's my good adulting, right? The alarm went off and I got out of bed and I went to do a workout because it's good for me. Um, So I was doing a yoga video and I did this twist up to the ceiling. And as I was doing it, there was this huge water spot on the ceiling. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. The plumber comes out, cuts a hole in the ceiling, is looking at all the stuff, and in the end decides it's a hose on the refrigerator. Fine, but now there's a hole in the ceiling and we gotta order this new tubing and put everything back, right? It's gonna be a thing. And even though he was saying, oh, who would have ever guessed? I had guessed is the problem. There was something funny for like a while. What is that strange sound in the vent sometimes? And why does this look like it had been wet at one point, but it looks dry now? Something in me was already suspicious about that refrigerator and I just had not investigated it. So I had this whole painful story of like, if I would have looked harder, if I would have insisted more, we wouldn't have this big hole in the seal. It's not a big hole, but it's still a hole. <laughs> we wouldn't have to replace all these things. It would be so much easier. Why didn't I do the investigative work? So I was very upset with myself. Um, so yes, in the end, I needed to go through a whole, what is my painful story? What is my better story? <laughs> the whole bit. So adulting still happens even at this stage in life where I think, no, not that. I don't want that to be my life. Yeah, so I think something that comes up as you know we're talking about this adulting, it's it seems as if there's this special world that we've that we've had that we have to give up to enter this new world of responsibility. I don't know that I fully subscribe to that. I, number one, I think our culture kind of sets young people up for some unrealistic expectations. You know, like we create this culture of college and school where you go to school, uh, you have you know, minimal responsibility, unlimited parties, and there seems to be, you know, enough cash 
uh, to do all the things that you want to do. And then all that ends and then you have to pay the piper, right? You have to pay off the, the student loans. You have to get a job. You have to make amends for all that you just completed in your life. And it could make your accomplishment from school or whatever uh, diminished to some degree, or you long for that time of just being able to go to the park in the middle of the day or uh, go hang out with a friend. And so I think our culture probably has set up these expectations or these lifestyles for some young adults leaving sort of the school academic arena into the job force. And it's it's just so, so much easier to, to want along for those days. So I'm, I find myself thinking about the contemplative helping people uh, learn how to grieve or mourn. The, the loss that they're missing from those glory days is real. The longing for it is real, but how how can you move forward in life? And I think the contemplative has a lot to offer. And I think we'll probably talk a little bit more about that, but love to hear more from you guys. Yeah. And I think it's unfortunate that we have painted a picture that up until a certain age, life is great. And then it kind of goes downhill from there, which I think is unfortunate because I don't think that that's true. And I purposely have been surrounding myself with either people or stories of people who are late in life that are doing amazing inspirational things, because I, for one, really want to reshape and reframe the way in which I'm seeing aging in particular, that's really important to me. And so I think even with this adulting space, you know, let's just take the classic example of like, we have to pay the electric bill now, like the bills do it's here. And we would rather, you know, go buy a new outfit or go on an excursion, but we have to pay the electric bill. And so how do we find peace and joy and settledness in, yes, I am grateful that I have electricity and running water and that I have the means to pay for this bill. And there is something beautiful and sacred about that. And also the the other stuff as well, but to see the good in those sort of quote practical things that I think kind of get lumped into the adulting phase. And so I would love to see more of kind of, you know, seeing God in the ordinary that we often talk about in contemplative circles and how that pairs in with adulting. Yeah. I resonate with this notion of uh, maybe I knew how to do things at one point in my life. I knew how to make people happy. And, and, and there was a sense of spaciousness, a spaciousness I never knew existed just to say like, <laughs> Uh, and then I figured out later how not spacious life can feel and, and needing to create that spaciousness for myself has even been part of that story. But I think even now, as I look towards like, what have I needed as as I walk through these years? How many times at this point in my life do I find myself saying, I just don't know what the right answer is. I just don't know what to do. Um, it feels like that is the crisis of my now even you know, just to be in this stage of life is to feel like I don't have things figured out like I thought that they did. <laughs> they don't work the way that I anticipated them to work, which has brought me into needing new ways to live in my life, really. Yeah. And Chris, maybe just to continue on your theme of having to grieve some of what was, you know, I think one area where I'm hearing that a lot is in friendships, because, you know, again, if you're in the dorm down the hall, you can have friends anytime you want friends, right? Or in some of our young adult years where, to be honest, there is less responsibility, right? If you aren't a homeowner or you don't have maybe children yet that you're caring for or things like that, there is a little bit more freedom in some of those younger years. And as, you know, as we grow older, depending on what choices we make or, you know, what path that, that can change, obviously. Um, 
but I, I think that that is, that's a real thing. Like what, like, I don't know. I think that there's a, there's opportunity for rebirth and a newness to friendship, a newness to all of these things that we're discussing. And so, yes, there's the grief and the letting go, but there's also like all of this possibility that I think is longing to emerge and to create some spaces where, you know, whether it's friendship, I think vocation is another thing. There's, again, some of the folks that I'm talking to in this stage of life, I think a lot of pressure on what do I want to be? What do I want to do? How am I going to make enough money to pay off my student loans? What does it mean for me to have a job that I actually like where I'm not miserable doing my job to pay off my student loans or some of the debt that I have, et cetera? And those are very real questions that I think, you know, the contemplative life and spiritual direction can really help companion folks in that stage of life. Yeah, I agree. I, I like finding beauty in the ordinary. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's just adulting. You know, I find myself, I live in a neighborhood that's, that's completely surrounded by retirees <laughs> and they're out doing their lawn and spending so much time on their lawn and just chatting it up with the neighbors. And, you know, I pretty much know all of our neighbors and, you know, I chat with them and they talk about retired life and I sort of like want to, to get to that spot you know, a retired life. Uh, but I really um, have to watch myself because I really do experience a lot of God and God moments right now. And I think if you're, if you're looking towards something else and not finding God in the ordinary right now, you can miss it. And so I really like what we've been talking about, like where, where is God at for you right now? And I think there's, there's so much to be seen and so much to know, but sometimes we miss it because we're not reflecting or we're not, we don't have any gratitude practices or whatever contemplative practices that you need to sort of be in the moment, be in the now. Yeah. And I think to be fair too, sometimes I think that oftentimes millennial Gen Z, they can get sort of bad raps, right? Of like, oh boy, you know, here we go. But I do think that you know, again, as we, we've been talking about these things, so, so I'm going to use another example of time. You know, again, when when you are in sport, you know, in high school, in college, in even middle school, and it's here's your schedule, here's your school, here's your sports, all of that stuff is lined up. And all of a sudden, again, you're done with all of that. And how do I even structure my time anymore when no one's telling me how to do these things? And so I think with all of these things, it's really important for you know, again, I think the three of us represented here are Gen X, there's, you know, the boomers, the GI generation. How do we, again, come together in this common space of, yeah, what you're feeling is real. And that's important that no, I, I don't know what to do with my time. I don't know how to structure things. I don't have homework anymore or papers that are due a certain time. And now I'm in the workforce or doing these things or maybe things around the house. And I, I don't know what to do. And I think that can feel very vulnerable. You can feel almost ashamed, like I should know better by now because I'm 20, whatever, whatever, I'm 30, whatever that quote number is. And so I think that that's really a challenge for myself as well as how do I hold compassionate space of, it's okay that you don't know. And I'm so glad that you're naming what you don't know. How can we together find God in these questions that you have and these things that maybe you feel I should quote unquote know already. And, and there's no timeline. There's no right or wrong age that we know these different responsibilities or, or tactics or techniques of life. So yeah. And ironically, because I'm, I'm back in school now, right? <laughs> and we even had a whole conversation about the difference of going to school 
uh, adult learning, they called it, the adult learning versus pre-adult learning. And what does that look like and how does one do it? And so I've noticed on a lot of our documents, uh, at the very bottom, after they give you all the things that you need to do, it'll say something like, breathe, go slowly, smile. Right? So, like, here's all these things, but don't freak out. <laughs> and adulting is much the same feeling. Here's all these things. that, And I mean, early on, Dominic and I went through a whole set of glasses because we weren't washing the dishes. We just kept leaving the dishes so they would fall off the counter and break. And we had, we had to get a bug bomb because we didn't change the litter box enough and it got to just like out of control. Like things happen. But it doesn't matter if it's the schoolwork or it's these little daily tasks or paying the bills or going to work, whatever it is. That notion of here it all is, breathe, <laughs> go slowly, right, this thing, then that, smile. And, and there is a, something to be said. Our family, actually, we sometimes sit at the table and smile at each other and see if our mood improves. It's like a game in our house to see what will happen. It does, though. It works. If you even smile fakely. So if a kid gets in the car and they're just mad about whatever, like yesterday, uh, some somebody was blocking the locker of another and they couldn't get out fast enough and so that grumpiness that's a perfect moment right and it doesn't have to be your locker it can be like i was trying to back out of a parking lot and there's a person that goes by and another person that's backing up and maybe in 20 years i can back out of here but it's all the same yeah i appreciate what both of you guys have been saying i think you know the contemplative can can be very helpful and, and particularly spiritual companioning. I think, I think there's a longing or a need for, for many of us to know what's next. And sometimes we want to rush what's next. Uh, how, do, how do I get to that next thing in life? And I find having a spiritual companion really helps you uh, to be able to talk about that in a really good pace um, that helps you discern and find God in what's next and, and, and where he's working and moving in your life. And some people say calling, some people say, you know, uh, Dharma, whatever it is that you want to get to. I think spiritual companion can, can really help that process along. So I've really appreciated what both of you guys have been saying about, um, you know, the contemplative life as it relates to adulting. Well, thanks for the conversation today. And if you are finding yourself resonating with this idea of adulting and contemplative spirituality, we encourage you to reach out for maybe a sample session of spiritual direction or just to reach out for some more resources at thecontemplativelife.net. So on that note, we're going to transition to the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into this week. Well, as I was just alluding to, uh, I think I am back into going to school. It's, <laughs> it's all over the house. I have a pile of books here and I have something on the couch there and I'm thinking about how to rearrange my schedule. And uh, Dominic and I actually got married and then went to school So because I was 19. So we've been to school together, but it's been a while. And I just realized, like looking at my spaces yesterday, 
wow, I'm a lot to put up with <laughs> on these little piles. Like, don't touch that. I'm working on that. Like tomorrow. I won't even be working on it today, but leave it there. So I am into going back to school. Well, I am into apple picking. So this is a tradition in our family. We do it every fall without fail, babies in the Bjorn, strollers, etc. And so um, I just put on the calendar, there's a day off of school coming up and we are going to be going to Appleberry Farm and getting loads of different colored and flavored apples, which I am excited about. Well, I have really been into hats. Uh, I have uh, found out from my doctor that I probably should wear hats for the rest of my life uh, to keep the sun off of my neck and to keep moles from uh, that just happens when you age, you know, you like you get moles and the sun affects you in negative ways. And so I've really been into hats and uh, I've tried out um, fedoras and I really like fedoras. Uh, and I found myself, you know, I, whenever I was young, I used to wear cowboy hats. I grew up in West Texas and was into the cowboy thing. And I find myself saying, that is not a cowboy hat. That is a fedora. And so I've really been into hats lately. They've been fun and they have been keeping the sun off of my ears and neck and head. Thanks for joining us. And as always, we appreciate anyone that takes the time to rate and review us on iTunes as it helps other people to find us. Until next time, make it a great week. Mm -hmm.